2: A semi-final that looked to be drifting towards a rain, sodden and anti-climax was transformed into one of the most memorable in World Cup history, New Zealand defending 240 to turn over India and take their place in Sunday's final at Lord's. It was disappointing fare for punters on day one, as the rain in Manchester refused to budge, but those who returned for a second serving were treated to a classic, as the Kiwi seamers tore through India's top order to expose the soft underbelly of their middle order. At 92 for 6, India looked cooked, but a sensational innings of 77 from Ravi Asia, supported by a more sedate effort from MS Dhoni, appeared to be swinging the game back in their favour, but this was to be the Kiwi's day, Martin Guptill's brilliant run out of Dhoni, Effectively sealing the victory after 40-year wait to reach their first men's cricket World Cup final, the Black Caps will now play in their second in succession. As for India, the inquest begins. Welcome to the Wisden Cricket Daily podcast in partnership with Travelbag, creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. I'm your host, Joe Harman. Later in the show, we'll be hearing from Chetan Narula for an Indian perspective on events at Old Trafford. But first, sitting alongside me is Phil Walker, Wisdom Cricket Monthly's editor in chief. Hello, Phil. Evening, Joe. Did you enjoy that one? I loved it. Absolutely it was fun, loved it?
0: it. Yeah, it was fabulous. Um, uh, it was a good old-fashioned game of cricket, and th- there's there's not surely not a neutral out there that's not thrilled by that result. Really, New Zealand are immediately lovable. Uh, they don't they take the game seriously without turning into some overblown industry. You know, they're not ready-made icons like the other side. They they turn up with their their wives and kids and families watching them in the, in the the hospitality boxes. Not the kids, but the, the girls are generally lightly sozzled just watching it they all play They do out. seem to enjoy a few drinks as, as the match reaches its climax, don't they? They have been part of the fabric of the whole show, really, and it was gorgeous at the end as well to see everybody mucking in on the outfield. It, it has the feel of a kind of a family show with New Zealand, and um, they've been underestimated throughout this tournament, really. They were even written off after winning four or five on the spin because they were against supposedly lesser teams. Mm. Uh, well it's a superb result really superb result for cricket and just imagine we could have as yesterday the rain kept coming
2: down and I was trying to see if they could work out some kind of game we could have had some sort of awful scrappy soggy 20 over innings in reply to New Zealand's innings which would have been a really kind of sort of no way to play a World Cup semi-final whatsoever yeah exactly and these reserve days work don't they for a reason use them I guess yeah
0: and also I mean it would have been ludicrous if they had started because there was a load of rain around from 8 o'clock anyway last night Mm -hmm. so if they had started they'd have probably Run the risk of having to just create some phantom cricket, cricket that was just going to be removed from the annals when they had to restart again the following day. It was the right decision. It's a World Cup semi. It's unfortunate for the punters who would have been there on day one and many of whom wouldn't have been able to make it on day two. But this is a World Cup semi-final, and it only took an hour or so of the of day two to confirm that it was the right decision last night. Uh, it's an it was an authentic game of cricket, uh, and I'm still I'm still shaken by it. Really, it was it was a thriller, and I couldn't be happier for those boys. From an English point of view, I'm obviously desperate that England can, can turn over the Australians and get a result on Sunday. But if they weren't to, and if if New Zealand are the team that, that clinch it for the first time in their history, then that would be just as glorious, wouldn't it, really? I think I think we can accept that. I mean, it has possibly been
2: mentioned on the show that my dad's a Kiwi, so I've, I've mm. at least got one side in the final already. Uh, could potentially have two by the end of tomorrow. Although talking of reserve days, the forecast at Edgbaston is, is not looking too good. We might have another one of those before this tournament is out.
0: Uh, look, we don't have to do any work, do we? we don't have to put together a finals program or anything like that nothing on like that nothing no. like that at all no phil what was your uh, moment of today well there's been a lot of them over the last 2 days yeah, yeah there has been a lot of them um i thought the way that williamson dealt with uh, a stunning new ball uh, assault yesterday morning seems like a long time ago now was brilliant um he he is the most technically brilliant cricketer a batsman I've seen in a long time I think and, and Bumrah and uh, and Kumar were, were bowling terrifying you know, swingers late swingers and booming bouncers and Bumrah was pretty much unplayable and Williamson although he would never show it if he were to nick one or play round one or spoon one up in the air or make one false move then the whole entourage that we talk about the wives the families the lot uh, they just all have to just pack up and go home because it was all on him so I thought that was a that was a masterful 60 odd from 95 balls it's funny that, that we're talking about you know a great semi-final innings where it's sixty odd in ninety-five balls, and then Taylor learned from him and carried carried that on. There was a lot of criticism at that time that New Zealand weren't getting on
2: with it. Inexplicable and, and, was the word used. Inexplicable uh, by Sir Ganguly. So, and again, we're kind of in awe of Williamson just understanding the game, uh, having a feel for the game in a way that I mean, Sir Ganguly's played a fair amount of cricket, captained a fairly decent Indian side, and he wasn't really on the mark in in picking up that yeah. Uh, he's on the ground; he's still able to see what Williams can see he's not obviously feeling it in the same way yep. and Williamson as ever seems to be one step out of the rest of us yeah
0: it was inspired for them to to aim early for 250 260 if they were lucky and 270 was dream dreamland as it was they got 239 maybe a few short from what they were looking for but they knew in these conditions if we set a target then the pressure will start to tell uh, and they did it brilliantly they did it really to the letter but the, the moment the moment has to be the run out really yeah. it has to be Dhoni's run out uh, and good old Marty Guptill Gupt- Oh, he's, um, had a, he's had a shocker in this tournament hasn't he he's been so unlucky and out of sort um, yeah and you saw his reaction as well when he nicked off on the first morning you know he's hurled his bat across the, the dressing room and um, it's it's a devastating place to be when you when you can't lay a bat on it you know when you're out of form it's, it's, it's a lonely and isolated place out there so to see him tear in from deep deep square leg one stump to aim at maybe Donny's too successful to bother diving I don't know what it was maybe he's too cool to dive but uh, a little bit more one last from Dhoni and he'd have probably got in but as it was when that direct died behind the stump so he's not going to start diving true. when he's trying to make his ground <laughs> true enough he's too rich to dive I get that from afar obviously it was it was it was just the perfect end really uh, the perfect end to an inspired performance really from top to bottom by by New Zealand and and that really clinched it because even at that point I think they needed 25 no they needed 31 off 12 and then Dhoni played that incredible the uppercut off Lockie Ferguson yeah to clear the man, Ian Smith was playing a blinder as he has all tournament on comms and uh, and when that cleared the man, 25 from 11, then Donny, as has been his want really throughout this innings and the tournament itself, then blocked a perfectly hittable long half volley for naught for and then took on that second down to square leg uh, and... And when the when the stumps were broken, you you just knew you knew that that was it. That was that was the game right there. I loved their reaction as well, New Zealand. And you you mentioned this just before we we started recording this one. And th- there wasn't the maybe it stems from Williamson. Maybe it's part of their national characteristic. But there wasn't this kind of outburst of emotion. It wasn't overblown. It, yeah. It, I kind of drew the comparison with Pochettino at the semi-final, but I'm not going to talk about Spurs again. They they uh, they maybe identify that this is this is their time now. You know, they got to the final as you say last time out and and charmed the birds from the t- from the trees in that last tournament. But there is a steel to this side now, and although they are not iconic cricketers Um, you know they're a mixture of purists and strivers and and one or two world-class players in there Uh, but in a tournament where every team is fallible and Mm. every team has demonstrated vulnerability and no team is fully convinced why why shouldn't it be them Uh, and that that seemed to come across I think in in the latter in the latter stages of that innings you would you would have thought they would have they would have wobbled especially when Jadeja was playing as he as he was
2: yeah I mean I I think New Zealand, right from the start of this tournament, even at the start, they they were winning games that they looked like they might lose, and and today was another example of that as Jadeja and and Dhoni came together and look to look to me. Ian Smith said India are favourites at this point, and I, I think he was probably right. They needed about ten and over from the last five or six with what, what ended up being a few wickets in hand, uh, and it started to feel like it was it was drifting that way. My moment of the day came from uh, also from India's innings. Uh, Matt Henry's third ball, mm. uh, getting Robert Sharma, which is obviously he's got 500 I was oh, in the loop has, has I still haven't it. seen it. You <laughs> well, well, I've seen it. Paint a picture of you. Talk, talk me through. Uh, so yeah, his third ball, Robert Sharma. It was going to take something special to get him out in this series, or I mean, this World Cup, wasn't it? Because he's just been unbelievable throughout. And yeah, it's pretty much unplayable delivery as a batsman. I think you just got to hope you miss it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's swinging in at him, and then leaves him late. Catches the outside edge, easy catch behind the stumps. And New Zealand are up and running because they needed that early wicket. Even if it in Rahul had gone, I don't think it would have had the same impact yeah. at that stage. They needed that one early. Yeah. And then really the floodgates opened five for three was it 24 for four yep after that Cody obviously goes in, in bolts next over and suddenly uh, yeah the flood lakes, floodgates have opened New Zealand uh, are on the charge and didn't really let up at, at any stage until Jadeja came on and, and, and just batted in a way that I've never seen him bat
0: before yeah there and was... played brilliantly New Zealand didn't put a foot wrong during that partnership but yeah. India are a champion side those early stages were obviously going to be critical when you're defending 2 three, 9 obviously you've got to come out hard but we said it on a previous show we've done a few We we said New Zealand are a new ball team and India are a top order side Mm. with the bat and uh, and I think I said to you you know if India are hundred for one off twenty overs then we'll all just pack up and go home but getting those early move getting those early breakthroughs getting Kohli in early and there's a number of key moments it's one of these games where you'll only remember another key moment when you come back to reflect on it you know obviously getting Kohli was enormous and that was a touch and go decision right decision in the end clipping the top of the bails but. Nisham's catch as well you know yeah. we, we kind of forget five yeah. for three and, and then Kartik comes out to bat and you know he looked pretty good he's, he's a Good gnarled old pro, uh, and Nisham's catch at backward point. When it happened, I was I wasn't quite as taken with it because I thought maybe he'd gone two hands initially. Then then you watch it and you see how he's anticipated it. Uh, Karthik opens the face, guy looking to kind of guide it behind behind point. He anticipates where it's going, makes great ground, and then grabs it and from to the get floor. His fingers, left, and to get his left hand underneath as well. it as well because it
2: it looked like he might grab it, but he might kind of make contact with the ground at the same time. But yeah, it was
0: brilliant. And 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 while the World Cup in terms of quality has, for me personally, it's become increasingly interesting and fascinating as it's rolled along. But there's been some ordinary games. There's been some ordinary batting. It's certainly not been the, you know, the slugfest that we thought it was going to be. But the fielding, I think, has generally been brilliant. The catching has been stunning. If you yeah. were to put together a top 10 catches of the tournament and show it to a newbie and ask them, is this the... The boring game of your preconceptions and just show them and that that catch Atherton said it was the best of the tournament I'm not sure I would quite go that far because it wasn't lacerated it wasn't hit that hard so he did have time to adjust but uh, in clutch moments, you, you need you need to you need to pull everything out of the bag, and, and they have done. They have, from start to finish, they've been brilliant. Well, you can add it to the pile with with Stokes, with Sheldon Cottrell. Uh,
2: there have been so many in this tournament. Another notable feature of this tournament has been the importance of top order batting and, and opening partnerships. And England have obviously uh, had a, had flyers in Bester and Roy. And when they didn't mm. have Roy, it all kind of collapsed. Finch and Mourner have been the absolute bedrock of the Australian side. And people keep saying, if New Zealand are going to get to the final, do anything, their top order needs to fire. Well it hasn't they haven't they haven't had an opener score a half century since the opening game against sri lanka and yet they still find themselves in the final it's been a kind of oddity
0: of of new zealand's team really yeah, and it slightly shows up the lie that you need eleven good cricketers. You don't really. You need you need seven, seven or eight really good cricketers, and two or three absolute champions. If they still had three or four games to play in New Zealand, then I think Tom Latham would be opening the batting next game because he looked good today. He's a proven Test match opening bat, and they can't find anyone to lay a bat on it alongside Guptil, who is also, as we've said, in bad form himself. I imagine they'll go in with what they've got. I thought Nichols did pretty. Yeah, he did
2: actually. To to kind of blunt the new ball in the way he did, as you said, India's bowlers were were right at them. Yeah, Uh, fair enough. I thought that was a a decent effort. And as you said, they haven't got the the second opener who's going to be on 60 from 50 balls. Or even in the case of Warner and Finch, kind of 40 or 50 balls and and build that platform. So they've really just got to kind of blunt the new ball and and do what they can. And conditions played into their favour in that
0: Sense, yeah, uh, might well do again at Lords, but but also real balls by by Williamson to bat first. Now I know the patterns have emerged in this tournament that two thirds of games are won by teams batting first. That said, <clears throat> when you looked at that. Situation and everyone was saying, on, most people were saying on commentary, not a bad toss to lose. And you saw how extravagantly the ball was was darting around that morning. It was a brave call, I think, by Williamson. Especially and, when your top
2: board has not been able to buy a run all. Yeah. And, all and all if anything,
0: up. it was easier to bat today, albeit all right on a pitch that was 50 overs old. It started badly anyway. It started tough anyway. You saw how much spin Jadeja got. Jadeja doesn't really turn the ball. It was hard to bat <laughs> on day one. And it was, while the pitch was just as tough to bat on day two, the overhead conditions were slightly slightly more palatable yeah. so this is a fair and authentic win you know they've not they've not really had the better conditions I wouldn't say I think they deserve everything that they get uh, as I
2: was watching the kind of finale and New Zealand get over the line today I was reminded of Ian Smith earlier in the tournament saying often uh, you've got to lose a lose a World Cup before you win a World Cup mm-hmm. obviously so making the point that New Zealand lost in 2015 which puts them in a stronger position yeah. should they get to the final to do it this time they've obviously done that they've got to the final uh this is obviously a bit of kind of cod psychology what's going on in players minds but It's got to help a bit, hasn't it, that you've you've been there before, that you've played in
0: what is really a a unique match in in cricketing terms. Yeah, entirely. And you spoke to, probably won't remember this, but you spoke to Ross Taylor a few weeks ago, which I ended up transcribing. (laughs) I'm I'm not bitter. We share and share alike. But he said to you, and you posited the fair question, you know, is there something in the New Zealand mentality that prevents them being ruthless when push comes to shove in those real clutch moments at the back end of tournaments? And he said in his very kind of... Lausche kind of way no not really it's better that we continue to experience these moments because then we get better at them Mm. and okay that's a sportsman's response but it is grounded in logic as well if you've been there before if you know that unique atmosphere that unique kind of pressure uh, then you know just that little bit better intuitively how how to deal with it
2: and I think we saw that as we mentioned the celebrations today or or lack of Williamson and Taylor the two most noticeable who who barely celebrated at all it was this, this is a job half complete Taylor particularly won't play another World Cup yep. Williamson probably will have at least one more in him um, but it's kind of it's, it's now or never for, for Taylor and I wonder if those three defeats leading into the semi-finals not that the pressure is ever on New Zealand in the same way that it is India or England as hosts but took the pressure off even more that really there was so little expectation that they could go out and just make life as difficult as possible for India and that's what they did really
0: <laughs> yeah very possibly certainly whenever you you roll up against India th- there's a kind of inverse pressure the eyes of the world are on the other lot the eyes of the world are on India the world is on India because the world is populated by India in in cricketing terms uh, dominated by India Uh, and so maybe that can free you up psychologically up to a point it's 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 hard to say really it's hard to say how these these little kind of shifts in momentum and and pace actually really fully fully affect a team during the course of a game but right from the start they've been impressive and 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 it's Williamson who drives the whole thing Mm. He, he you mentioned the opening batsman Sorry, stat, not my style stat alert, but uh, 40, 42 times in the last seven, no, 44 times in the last 72 innings since the World Cup, 2015 he's been in in the first five overs right. so he's basically opening the batting for them and therefore masterminding the whole tone of the rest of the game uh, you saw it I thought his captaincy was excellent as well today by the way and we spoke about this on one of the shows the other day with, with Dan Norcross and, and, and Adam Holyoke and so on and and he, he will never be McCullum, but that's not necessarily a bad thing uh, M- McCullum was, was a joy to watch as a captain but there was a kind of wildness to it as mm. well Williamson I think is prepared to attack you saw it there was slips in a lot today but he's not gung-ho with it he's obviously not built like that as a character but i thought the way that he managed his quicks towards the end because there was this specter of the jimmy Neesham over building building towards the end and you know as you say as ian smith said they only needed nine and over for the last nine or ten overs Mm. with two storied cricketers in you know every chance that india were going to knock that one off but he kept faith With his big guns, he didn't try and kind of spirit a little over out there from Nishan because he knew that Dhoni would have been eyeing up that over. Uh, And he he did it brilliantly, I thought. His field placings were good as well. Uh, And he kept his cool because he can't do anything else. Uh, Well that is enough on a magnificent day for New Zealand we hope to have uh,
2: Andrew Alderson New Zealand reporter on our final preview show on Friday Um, but we haven't really touched that much on India's disappointment today Uh, earlier I spoke to Indian cricket writer Chetan Narada to get his thoughts on that shock defeat and in particular MS Dhoni's future Uh, Chetan wow what an extraordinary game that was when you returned to Old Trafford this morning New Zealand 211 for 5 with 4 overs to bat did you give them any chance at all? Oh absolutely but first of all I'm so mentally knackered from that game well, what
1: an epic fight put on by New Zealand. I thought uh, even Tuesday, when when the game, when they batted first in that rain-marred innings, I thought uh, the pitch was slowing down a lot. So 240, 250 was always going to be a tough target. But having said that, India's batsmen have often um, shown form is not a temporary thing. I mean, Virat Kohli, for for all that matters, uh, he was due for a big one. It didn't happen. India's batting didn't work as a whole. Didn't work as a individual. Didn't work collectively and uh, well perhaps the sh- most shocking result of uh, of this tournament and uh, it's it's uh come in the first semi-final so you know it can be anybody's day in the in the knockouts and it was certainly New Zealand's day or New Zealand's days I should say <laughs> the,
2: the, two, the, two, the two day international that we had and before this tournament and during it we kept asking what would happen if Rohit and Kohli were dismissed early how would that uh, middle order stack up and we kind of had our answer today even though Jadeja played one of the one of the great knocks India's middle yeah. order still, still came up short really didn't they
1: absolutely I mean Jadeja batted at number eight you can't expect your number eight to win World Cup semi-final single-handedly although he tried his best I, I, I was I tweeted on, uh, on, on India's state of affairs 9.9 9 times out of 10 in the last three years when that top order has failed India have failed or India have struggled maybe sometimes Roy Sharma will go on make a make a make an half century somebody will make a half century from 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 the middle order It happens very, very rarely In the last three years It's all been down to Shikhar Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli After that, you know There's no number 4 There's no number 5, 6 or 7 You you cannot say Okay, this is the guy who bats at number 4 You cannot say This is the guy who bats at number 5 This is the guy who bats at number 6 or 7 Like that You cannot say You cannot put a finger on anybody Dinesh Karthik comes and leads And he says that his job is to finish games Finishing games at number 6, number 7 Today he's coming ahead of Hardik Pandit and MS Dhoni Suddenly, MS Dhoni's role has changed throughout the tournament. Hardik Pandya used to come at number four. Rishabh Pant at number four. <laughs> Let me just say, I have never seen a more immature number four. You know, mm-hmm. Yuvraj. Kevin Peterson had an absolute brilliant tweet about it. How many times have you seen Rishabh Pant do that? Not just in international cricket, but also in the IPL. And then Yuvrat Singh, who was perhaps India's last great number four, defended him, saying that Rishabh Pant has only played ODIs, and that really explains it so well. India, the powerhouse of world cricket, have an eight-game old batsman
2: as their number four in a World Cup semi-final it saved everything. It's incredible that it came to that after the meticulous preparation that had gone into every other aspect of uh, of India's World Cup campaign, and then, as you say, you end up with another number four. Um, inevitably, given his reputation, is standing in the game. Uh, a lot of discussion will surround MS Dhoni after this game. Uh, what did you make of him shuffling further and further down the order, and, and what did you make of his innings in the end?
1: Well, it was pretty obvious that MS Dhoni was uh, not the force that he was once upon a time. There was there was no doubt about that. Anybody I've seen tweets today anybody who said that you know 2011 he was coming ahead of you. brought saying today he's coming at number 7 you know these are two different batsmen Dhoni in 2011 was a different batsman to Dhoni in 2019 the thing is that you know what people don't understand that he and the team understands his strengths and understands his weaknesses they realize that he was costing them time he was costing them run rate in the middle overs and obviously we had discussed about it um, in the game against Afghanistan the game against West Indies that he mm. needed to come perhaps even lower down the order he would not cost. India so much in the number overs number 31 to 40. Today, I think the tactic was pretty simple. They wanted... The reason they sent up Dinesh Karthik was to absorb pressure in those first 10 overs. Even if they did not score many runs, yeah. they, they relied on Rishabh Pant and Hardik Pandya to get the scoreboard moving and ticking along. And once that happened, they realized... If that happened, MS Dhoni would be somebody to able to take the game deep. Uh, when, especially when you have Jareja and Bhuvneshwar Kumar batting at 8 and 9. So batting at 7, he, he could take the game deep. And that's that's precisely what happened. They took the game deep. It did not work out because when you he it nine and over, it's it's sometimes not very easy on a very tough pitch. So yeah, but that was uh, that was pretty much um, about today. About the future, well, there's already huge speculation among the Indian media camp. The questions were asked at the press conference to Virat Kohli as well. Personally, I don't think I don't think he will continue after this. I think this was where he wanted to be there. This is where he wanted to finish his career. Perhaps with a trophy at Lords, that's not going to happen. I think after the. final final is done on Sunday we will get a mail from, uh, an email from the BCCI telling us that has, has
2: bid farewell to international cricket ok well we'll see how that unfolds we, we have touched on the jadeja there on a fairly grim day for, for Indian cricket he was a, a shining light right from the very start with brilliant run out an excellent catch in the deep and then he batted certainly as well as it's I've ever seen him bat. Um, his first half-century for five years, I think it was, in ODI cricket. And this is a guy who was seemingly a specialist subfielder for, for much of the tournament. Should, should he have been in this side a lot earlier?
1: Uh, that, that's a very interesting question. Should he have been in the side? I mean, India don't really don't really play with a lot of all-rounders. I mean, sometimes Hovneshwar Kumar, yes. Hardik Pandya, Kedar Jadhav. The thing is, India have had a set template for the last two years. And with the wrist spinners' success, I think they were pretty pretty well figured out. But they did feel the need to take Ravid Rijadeja if they felt, you know, the pitches would slow down and three paces would, would be required in some of the matches. It- came to pass, but in a totally different way, that India's wrist spinners, after the first half of the tournament, they weren't really effective. As pitches became slower and slower, they weren't really effective. And therein came the knee play, Jareja. and of course, uh, there was a comment from Sanjay Pandrekar. It, it, it ignited a lot of passion. I'm not sure. I think he should have been in the side from the very beginning. I think in a tournament like the World Cup, your playing eleven consistently evolves, especially in a tournament like this one, where sure. we've seen so many different conditions within a game. Within two games on the same ground, within two successive games, so conditions have to. I mean, tomorrow's game At Baston might have totally different conditions. So you you never know. Basically, there's been such vast difference in conditions. So any team has to evolve and adapt. And I think India did that really well, especially with bringing in Jareja, <laughs> and and yet he had a very very Great day personally. I thought when he had that run out, I was like, okay, could this be Jareja's day? But then you realize for him to have a great day, India's top water would have to fail. It did fail, and he again had a great day that half century. I think that breathed life into India's innings and uh, gave them hope. when it seemed lost, but uh, even then, I thought it was too much to climb. Even, you know, chasing 240 is too hard when you fight for three, and I think that was where the game was lost.
2: I have to admit, there was a moment there when he, he launched uh, Santner back over his head when there was about five or six overs to go and I thought, there's nothing that this guy can do to wrong today, this has <laughs> got to be his game from now on, it was all shaped up for it. and yeah. then, of course, he was gone soon after but then even at that stage, even at that stage it looked like Dony could still pull it off he uppercut Lockie Ferguson in for six um, seemed to be ready to kind of launch and then what an amazing piece of fielding that was from Martin Guptill We've had a shocker of a tournament comes good when it really matters with, in the field
1: oh absolutely Martin Guptill has had a couple of uh, you know screamers in the field I think I remember a catch in against Australia was it and there was another catch against Pakistan I think they've had a couple of screamers today yeah. uh, Jimmy Nisham again taking another screamer to dismiss Dinesh Karthik so yeah. Martin Guptill and you know his his teammates have been really sharp in the field I, I, I think the best four fielding sides made it to the semi-finals which is, obviously tells a difference story apart from that i think uh, the, the one element i thought in that run out i think um, ms dhoni is his right hand is uh, uh, you know he was hit on his right thumb and he couldn't place the ball further or where he actually wanted to place it and uh, and that really brought guptil into play he bounced on the ball and threw it but again you know in that situation you still have to throw the ball hit the direct hit and, uh, and and get the wicket and that changed the game even at that late stage as you pointed out it changed the game and uh, well somebody pointed out on twitter again that you know his career, his first innings he was dismissed for a run out. Um, You know it would be almost poetic if this
2: is his last innings in international cricket and he was again run out. And what of Virat Kohli? So he's, he scored 443 runs at 55 in the World Cup, uh five fifties and nine knocks. For anyone else, you'd say that's a very, very good World Cup. But obviously for Kohli, no hundreds. His team have got knocked out in the semi-finals. A- has he disappointed overall in this in this tournament?
1: To a certain degree, yes. Um, I, I I wouldn't agree that this has been a good World Cup without Kohli. A good World Cup Vidat Kohli would have ended in winning the trophy. Because uh, there there are two line of thoughts, two lines of thoughts here. The first one says, and he's admitted to it that he's been. I asked him this question before the semi final, and he admitted that he's been batting differently. He's been batting differently in the sense that he's he's been the anchorage point of the Indian innings. He's seen what the openers have done. He's seen what the middle order is capable of doing or not doing how the pitch is behaving reading the situation that's how he's battered he's not battered the way Virat Kohli bats yes he's followed the same template you know got the rotation of strike hit the boundaries but he's battered like you know he wants to bat out the 50 overs whenever he comes to the crease he's battered like he wants to bat out the 50 overs and put his team in a commanding spot that's not Virat Kohli that, that's not Virat Kohli's template I mean Virat Kohli would be a free-flowing batsman and, and you know not thinking about lasting 50 overs I mean everybody wants to bat 50 overs but that's not your primitive thought, is it? I mean, or, or your primary thought, really. So I think he's batted differently. But when you bat differently, then you're batting as the captain. You're you bat, batting as a leader. You're not batting as the leading batsman of your side. And in that sense, if you're batting as the leading batsman, or if you're not batting as the leading batsman, if you're batting as a captain, yeah, then your World Cup should in a World Cup trophy. So in that sense, I think the Virat Kohli, the batsman, has disappointed a bit. He himself was disappointed because this is a second semi-final uh, along with the semi uh, along with the semi-final in the World T20. He's not done much. For all his credit, he's not done much in, uh, in knockouts for India. Uh, even in the quarterfinal in 2015, it was Rohit Sharma. Uh, I think the best that comes to mind of Virat Kohli was 2011 World, World Cup final when he had that partnership with Gautam Gambhir scored those 30 yard. He's a totally different batsman today. Yes, he's not done too much. Justice, but again, again, the, the question mark is how much can you rely on Rohit Sharma, 600 runs, 400 runs on from Virat Kohli. How much more can you rely on two batsmen, especially with Shikhar Dhawan not there? KL Rahul did his part with with 300, but he's not very consistent. He, he it's not somebody. He's not somebody who's very reliable. So again, it, the bottom line is with with all the disappointment with Virat Kohli, where was India's middle order?
2: And just finally to wrap up, Chetan, uh, when India failed to deliver in previous World Cups, the reaction back home has been. Uh, furious I guess is what one way to put it um, how do you think this semi-final defeat will be received back home particularly given that very few people saw it coming against New Zealand
1: uh, well the thing is New Zealand are a very light side in India I mean it was if it was Pakistan, it would be ballistic. People would be going ballistic. Yeah. If it was Australia, even England, perhaps it would be a very, you know, it would be a much sharper reaction. New Zealand are a very well-liked side in, in India. Uh, it might seem funny, but I think a lot of Indians will support New Zealand in final against Australia or right. England, who are not very like teams in India in that sense. So it's a tough one, really. Uh, there will be some anger. Obviously, some people need to make headlines and catch DRPs. So from that point of view, there might be a little angry reaction, but from what I've gained so far it's been a heartbreaking loss a disappointing loss and um, yeah this time around it's a little more muted I think it will take a few days for for this loss to sink in given that you know you had players like Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli doing exceedingly well somebody like MS Dhoni perhaps we will never see him play for India again so I think all these factors and so some, and I have to mention just pre Umrah or Mohamed Shami, I mean, they bowled spectacularly. Yeah, so, brilliant, yeah. Uh, in that sense, uh, in terms of, and India's feeling was great, Hardik Pandya, as a bowler, had, had a fantastic World Cup. Um, from these angles, you know, from these individual perspectives, India had a great World Cup, and people will be, you know, enjoying these personal trees of their favourite players. From a collective point of view, I think because of all these factors, they know the team played really well. They were the number one team in the in the league stage. I think that might just help pile down the angst.
2: Sure. Well, thank you so much, Chetan, for, for today and also for your insights across the World Cup. You've been um, brilliant to listen to. Um, sorry we won't get Pleasure. a chance to listen to you in the final, um, but no <laughs> doubt we'll hear again from you in the future. No worries. Pleasure. Cheers, Thanks. Chetan. Uh, so those are thoughts of, of Chetan. Um, He's that, good, isn't he? He is good we'll see if his prediction of Dhoni comes true in the coming days Uh, we will of course be back tomorrow with all the reaction uh, to that clash between England and Australia a rather big one can England become the first team ever to beat the Aussies in the World Cup semi-final. They won seven from seven up to this point. That's yeah. quite a demoralising stat in some way. In fact, I, I hadn't, wish I'd used it now. Yeah, I, I told you it the other day. and shoulders shoulders just I saw just
0: Yeah, you just collapsed in front of me. Not for the first time, Joe.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: look, they're serial winners. It was interesting when I spoke to Sam Landsberger a, few, a couple of weeks ago. He said, oh, no, now now everyone believes that we're just going to win it. Yeah, they'd written them off for a, a week. Mm. And then the, now the whole of Australia has decided that, that this is theirs. This is number six. Can England do it? Can Do they dare to do it? That's the thing. I'm, sc- I'm concerned about what happens if they bat first, as I said to you earlier. Uh, I think they will bat first if they win the toss. Under those kinds of dark skies at Edgbaston, don't get away, then, then we might be in trouble. But I've said England, so I'm going to go with England. Well, I'm sticking with England too. Uh, we shall see... Uh This has been the Wisdom Cricket Daily Podcast
2: in partnership with Travel Bag. And we're not done yet. Creating holidays packed full of memories since 1979. Thanks for joining us and don't forget to subscribe on Spotify or any of the other usual platforms. Sports Social Podcast Network.